Hello everyone, my name is Adelia Volkanov and I'm here with my friend and co-host Colin Bones. This is episode 45 of Ron and Hermione Minus the Romance and we will be diving into chapters 1, 2, and 3 from Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. Last episode I won trivia and I will give you our question of the day after a few disclaimers. We'd like to first and foremost disclaim that we on Ron and Hermione Minus the Romance do not agree with or support J.K. Rowling's bigotry and prejudice in any way. We do not tolerate hatred of any kind and wish to create an open, safe environment on our podcast. Everyone is welcome and encouraged to listen here. This is your major spoiler warning. If you do not wish to hear anything beyond this point in the Harry Potter books discussed, this is not the podcast for you. We will be discussing and heavily referencing all media in the Harry Potter magical universe in every episode, so if this is your first encounter with the Harry Potter world, you have been forewarned. Now, if you're still here, enjoy the show! So the question of the day, um, again, it's not my best. Oh God. Um, basically, so we we all know, or I, most of us probably do, um, unless you ignored our spoiler warning. Harry gets attacked by Dementors in the second chapter. Um, what magical creature do you think would be the most terrible or inconvenient to run into outside of school? All of them. I mean, but, uh, I, I, like, I don't really know how to answer this question. I mean, like, a dragon? Like, I, yeah, I fair, think that would honestly. be pretty bad. Um, I think Dementors was also a pretty bad option as well. Pretty bad, so, yeah. I think um, I would say a Sphinx, because if she, like, blocked my driveway and was like, you can't go home until you answer this riddle, I would be like, man, it looks like I'm not coming home today. You just literally <laughs> described the Ravenclaw common room, so... Yeah. If you were at Hogwarts, you'd be doomed. I hate that whole thing, because, like, I get being Ravenclaw, like, oh my god, you're so cool and you're so smart, but, like, I think it would be so tiring at some point. Imagine, like, finals week and coming home, like, after the dorms after like a whole day of studying and the thing is like what is the beginning of a circle like i don't care (laughs) (laughs) okay cool let's get into the the uh the chapters that's the word i'm looking for uh Uh, colin took plot notes so go ahead oh dear let me open my book we're in for the long haul on this one Oh man, I love Order of the Phoenix. Yes, it's, such a, it's it's so good. And its strengths are also its weaknesses. Is that it's incredibly long, and so there is needless <laughs> details throughout this. So I've tried to summarize this as best as I can. So yeah, plot notes are gonna suck. Yep. <laughs> Chapter one, Dudley demented. We're back in Privet Drive, and it is hot. <laughs> game show host. I think it sounded a little <laughs> bit too much like something they'd say on RuPaul's Drag Race. <laughs> um, no, you sound like a game show host. Like, we're back and it is getting real. <laughs> so hot Harry, added to our list of wet Harry as well, 
who has no. had a growth spurt over the summer, is laying in the hydrangea bushes outside of the Dursley house to listen in on the news for any intel of Voldemort's presence. Okay, wait, really quick though. I would just like to add that I have not heard probably anyone really discuss this. I'm sure people have. I just don't listen to Harry Potter like podcasts, yet I run one. Anyways, yep. um,. The people that I have personally discussed Harry Potter with, I have never really heard someone mention how the Dursleys not properly clothing Harry in things that fit him or are clean or, like, not ripping to pieces is a form of neglect. So it's kind of just, like, obviously we all know that the Dursleys are kind of horrible, but, like, it's that specifically that Harry's always talking about how his clothes don't fit, they're old, they're worn, they're tearing, they don't fit, like, all of these things. Like, the Dursley's choosing to never, like, clothe him, like, properly is neglect. Yeah. Like, if, yeah, like, if you had, like, any of us had a child and we're like, I don't want to buy you things, I'm just going to give you a bunch of hand-me-downs, yes, they're all ripped up and dirty and torn and they cannot possibly be saved... Like, that's, that's neglect. You could get in major trouble for that. And I feel like it's necessarily, it's not one of the more, like, overt things that the Dursleys have done to Harry because it's easily looked over, like, oh, yeah, he has to wear baggy clothes. But it's the fact that, like, his entire life he has never actually received from them, like, something new is legitimately, like, a form of abuse. And I just don't necessarily hear it, like, discussed. Because it's one of the, I guess you could say, more subtle things. Even though they talk about it so much, it's easy, I think, to, like, overlook. Because no one really considers that. Because it's, you know, everyone has received hand-me-downs. I don't have siblings, but I have also received hand-me-downs. But it's not what makes up my entire wardrobe. And they're not, you know, destroyed or dirty and anything like that. So I just think that... It's one of those things that I finally noticed so blatantly and obviously. And I was like, yeah, that's something that I haven't necessarily heard discussed by many people. Yeah, because... (laughs) Great point. (laughs) Yeah, that was a really good one. That really got the gears turning. Oh my god. Yeah, Um, we learn that Dudley's friend group is now... Definitely a gang, basically. (laughs) Okay, the fact that he doesn't know who the Prime Minister is scares me. Imagine a kid in today's age, okay, of course, barring any sort of insane situation at home, a kid like Dudley, living in an affluent neighborhood, parents that, you know, or a parent that works corporate job, like, well-off kid who has access to any form of media he could possibly want doesn't know who the prime minister is okay you say that but also at the same time i think it's a good thing that dudley is not in politics (laughs) true like because we know that vernon i guess oh my god i don't know british terms i guess he's a hardcore tory right that's what he is yep (laughs) i absolutely think that so i think it's for the best that dudley is not taking any political views from his parents I mean, yeah. I just feel like even the kids our age who are still like, I don't get into politics. If they didn't know that Joe Biden was the president, like, come on. (laughs) I think it's gonna, okay, the one thing about saying that just now that's gonna be so funny is if somehow people are still listening to this in like many, many years, they're gonna be like, oh my god, Joe Biden, that was like 40 years ago. (laughs) 
It's right. Everything we say is so ridiculously like this like year. It's so funny. Um. Anyways, yeah. I just I think it's scary how little Dudley is like aware of anything that's happening outside of his neighborhood. And also, I just have to say, British people, what are you doing? Like. Invest in air conditioning. Like, so many British people complain about it. And I'm like, okay, then why aren't you guys doing anything? Like, I know you guys have your I own think problems, but, like... That may not necessarily having air conditioning in houses may be a European thing. I have a lot of family in Switzerland and Basel, um, and they don't have AC either. That might just be a Europe thing. Also, where we but, live... But, like, why? No, they have heaters. I don't have AC. I don't have AC here. Yes, but generally... If it's getting that hot there constantly, I think it's necessary. Sure. It also gets really hot here and no one cares. We don't even have overhead lights here. Yes, but like British people are like bathed in ice when they're born. Like, it's. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. It's so cold there. Like, I don't know. I don't feel like they're used to it. I think that this is just making it painfully obvious that neither of us know anything about Europe. No, not at all. (laughs) <laughs> it's my dirty like, American brain. I think brain. they might be cold over there. Yeah. <laughs> it seems like really cold. Bring a sweater. You know, what I, you know what I just thought about is like the Dursleys allowing and encouraging Dudley to not know anything and not like providing him with any sort of information. Like not like not encouraging any sort of educational development is also like... I don't know if I would go so far as to call it, like, abuse, but that's, like, a terrible thing that they're doing to their son. Like, to not encourage any sort of, like, mental growth ever is, like, kind of insane. Like, I don't understand parents who, like, refuse to give their kids information, like, at all. And it's just, like, yeah, it's strange to me their method of, like, don't ask questions, don't ask questions, because... It's just, like, it's it's strange to me. The Dursleys are just, like, I literally could talk about them all day. I just think that they're just interesting. Yeah. Well, it seems pretty clear that they probably don't want Dudley knowing, getting any sort of intrigue towards really anything so that he isn't, like, poking around what Harry's doing and gets interested mm-hmm. in that, like, Petunia did. Yeah. Oh, it's me. It is, yes. Um, Dudley's gang spends their free time vandalizing parks, smoking on street corners, and throwing rocks at cars and children. Awesome. Yay. What upstanding citizens. Yeah, sounds like a my kind of idea of a good time. Am I right? <laughs> Are you kidding? That's what we do every time we hang out. I, I would <laughs> genuinely throw rocks at children if I had the choice. If I had the chance. <laughs> I'll never forget in the theater to see Spider-Man No Way Home and there was a kid literally before the previews had even started we got there so early it was just like the weird trivia things and there was this kid running up and down the aisles and Colin looked at me and goes I will silence a child if I have to (laughs) and when I saw it the second time it happened again but this time this kid was right behind me um Harry realizes there is nothing interesting on the news so he's about to get up and leave and hears a loud crack he gets startled, pulls out his wand, and smashes his head into the Dursley window. <laughs> and the that most so unpleasant bad. description I've ever heard. It was sounded incredibly painful. But like... Oh, where he was like, I feel like my head got split. Yeah, like, I was also a bit concerned because it, like, that, the way she described that was like on par with how she describes like, 
Voldemort touching his scar. Like, I don't know why she went into so much detail. Um, probably because she had no editors in this book. <laughs> Vernon comes out and immediately thinks that he made the sound and is trying to cover it up with, like, the neighbors and just drawing more attention to it, really, than it would have in the yep. first place. And when he, like, awkwardly goes, oh, must have been a car. Did you hear that? It really scared me. Ha, ah, like, awkwardly laughs until ah. they go away. <laughs> so Harry leaves Privet Drive to try and find the source of the noise. And after an insane amount of description of just walking through streets. Okay, I'm sorry. Wait, really, really yep. fast. Can we go back? My favorite line, one of my favorite lines in the entire series, is when I'll just I'll just read it. So the first person speaking is is Vernon. Listening to the news again? Well, it changes every day. You see, yep. said Harry. That's so good. <sighs> He's so like quick in this book. Like by that I mean like quick witted. Like literally everything Vernon says, he has a comeback. Yeah. And I'm just like, jeez. <laughs> I he's so funny from now on. Like, okay, so like. <laughs> Maybe you disagree with me. I feel like many people disagree with me on this, but I don't feel like Harry, up until this book, had much of a character at all, to be honest. I think that I he that, yeah. suffered from big main character treatment where you're kind of... It's kind of a blank slate that you're just kind of meant to put yourself into to see through his eyes. Yeah. I feel like from this point onward, Harry has a huge personality. Whether that is a good or bad thing... Oh, yeah. Is... Yeah, absolutely. I feel like up until now the the action in the books has been so focused on what's happening to Harry. What's Harry feeling? What is happening to him? What is he doing? Yeah. And not necessarily who is he. Yeah. So it's like the focus has been much more on developing the story and the plot and what's he doing? What's he saying to people? What's happening to him most specifically? It's always what's happening to Harry and not necessarily like developing him as a person. No, he hadn't necessarily been totally developed outside of what had happened to him, outside of his trauma, outside of, you know, Voldemort. Like, I think definitely he had a personality or else we would hate the books, which we don't, you know? So it's like he definitely, he has characteristics, he has personality traits that are consistent through book one, book one through book seven. Um, however, this is definitely the book where we see, like, a real spike in, like, just dialogue, honestly, with Harry and other people. Because, like, there's plenty of dialogue where Harry's involved. He's the main character. I'm talking about, like, conversational dialogue that's doesn't have anything to do with Voldemort. You know, class. What's happening to Harry? Because up until now, I feel like a large chunk of the, his dialogue that involves him is centered around what's happening to him. What is he doing? And not necessarily, like, who is he and, like, how would he react to this? Like, this right here, sure, it, it's, you know, he wants to listen to the news because he's feeling upset that he's been left alone. But this isn't necessarily dialogue that's, like, what's happening to him right now? This is more of, like, is showcasing his, like, him as a person. So I do think you're right. I think that there are definitely a lot of personality traits and character that's consistent through all of the books, but I do agree that this is kind of a turning point where we start experiencing more of, like, his wit, his just his overall personality. Because this is, like, like I said, the idea of, like, a tragedy has just been introduced with Cedric's death. Obviously, Harry's parents being murdered was a tragedy, but that's not something we experienced within the books. 
So that concept has just been introduced. And so Harry as a person has also completely changed in this past very, very end of Goblet of Fire. So with that is coming new like feelings and all of this stuff. And that's kind of affecting how his personality shows. Because everyone changes after witnessing something like that. So I think that's also could be part of the reason why we're seeing such a different almost... It just it just feels different, you know, this mm-hmm. book. Like, from the very first page, it feels like a different book. I also feel like that is what makes this change in Harry so jarring. Because when you're hearing him, like, talk in his head for a while, you're like, oh my god, what is happening? Because, like, all of a sudden, he's this edgy teenager, and he's just yeah. groaning and moaning about everything, and it's like... I guess we'll get to that because he's... Yeah, it's good. I... Yeah. yeah. It's because... He definitely... He has... I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I just wanted to say, he has some good one-liners in the other books, but this is a whole other level. So Harry is now in his local playground. Um, He's upset because he hasn't heard any news from Hermione and Ron. So Harry t- just sits on the swings and watches Dudley um, and his gang walk by. Really quick, though, it's like, I think, honestly, this is one of the moments that I find to be almost irredeemable. Like, one of Dumbledore's, like, moments. <laughs> one of his little things. Like, I just think that to leave Harry, the most important person in this entire movement, let's call it, for lack of a better word... It's pretty unforgivable. Harry is the one that suffered the most with this whole turnaround. Like, Cedric dying, being murdered, and Voldemort coming back. Harry saw the most. He suffered more than anyone, let's say, that was directly involved with it. And he was left at the Dursleys for four weeks with no information and constantly being told, it's fine, it's fine, you know, keep your head down, don't do anything crazy, don't get in trouble, like, just to be kind of ordered around after witnessing something like that and left to deal on your own, like, that's not acceptable whatsoever. And even Dumbledore told was, like, first being helpful with the coping slash grieving process, but then he left him alone for a month or, like, a little more by the time he was taken out of Privet Drive, and I think that's such a strange approach to keeping him safe. Sure, the less information you have, the safer you are. That's, like, that's a trope that we see in a lot of books like this, you know? Uh, Percy Jackson is definitely one. He's kept in the dark until he's 11. Even, I would say, in the Hunger Games, like, they keep information from PETA to keep him safe. They keep information from Katniss, and it's just, like, specifically about this, though, it's, like, Harry... Dumbledore realized already, Harry is the key to ending this. He is the key to ending Voldemort, to ending the war, to ending everything. But I just don't understand why he decided that instead of... Because there is no set amount of time Harry has to be at Privet Drive for the the, um, the spell to hold up. You know, his like protection, whatever. He could... It would have been so easy to leave him there for a week and bring him and surround him with people who love him and care about him. To leave him to grieve in a house full of people that hate him? For me, it's like, how could you possibly leave him alone in the time that he is needed 
Dumbledore, Ron, Hermione, Sirius, he needed them the most at this point. And yet, this was the time that they didn't let him leave until the very, very end. And they also... Dumbledore entrusting him into the care of Mundungus Fletcher? How was anyone going to keep him safe? Harry was totally free to wander around and do whatever he wanted at the Dursleys. They could have kept him safer at Grimwald Place. So it's like, I find that this is one of the things that Dumbledore did that I just find totally irresponsible, frankly. Like, how could he expect... He knew Mundungus Fletcher. He knew he was gonna, you know, just kind of stop caring at some point so I find it totally irresponsible and like ridiculous that this was the year that Dumbledore thought it's totally fine to keep him isolated and without information for as long as possible like yeah <laughs> nothing nothing to add <laughs> nope um <laughs> cool cool so Harry goes up to Dudley it is basically asking for a fight because Yep. He's so <laughs> annoying, but also very funny. Yeah. Um, then Dudley actually mocks back um, in some homophobia. That's some fun. Um, Wait, what? You know, the who's Cedric, your boyfriend. I'm saying oh, that it's homophobia yes. that's funny. I'm saying it. So I, you don't have no, to. No, I just forgot that yeah. that happened. Mm-hmm. I just... Yeah. Why did you say that? Why? <laughs> I see you. <laughs> so Harry is very angry about this and pulls out his wand on Dudley. And Dudley's like, what are you doing? <laughs> and then he, Harry feels basically the effects of a Dementor. And he's like, that's okay, wait, not I'm right. I'm sorry. Really quick. Their relationship has changed so much, and we haven't seen the development. There are so many things in this book that are so, like, jarring. Like, the development of, like, Dudley and Harry's relationship, it's like, they've always, like, messed with each other, like, whatever. Like, not in, like, a friendly way either. But this is, like, I don't know, something about this interaction, this is the most we've had dialogue from Dudley, I think, ever. Probably. This is the most that we've actually... We know who Dudley is, who his character is. But, like, this is the most that, like, we've really, like, watched them have a conversation. And, ironically, even though Dudley has obviously deeply fallen into the wrong crowd in this book, he kind of already seems like he's a better person. Like, Dudley is not looking to bother Harry at all. Harry is looking to bother Dudley. Like, the tables have completely turned. The thing is, I think, first of all, I think that Harry doing that just shows how, I think, in a large part, Dumbledore is at fault for Harry's serious anger issues. Like, we can all understand that Harry has severe issues with feeling anger and expressing it. And I think most of that comes back to this summer. I think because he was left alone to grieve, to feel angry, to feel resent, to feel, you know, all of these things that come with watching someone you know die at the hands of the person who also murdered your parents. He was left alone with people who hated him and were constantly picking on him and no information. All of these things, like all of these emotions were so bottled up. And it's not like Harry could really express them to anyone. He didn't know any wizards there that he could talk to. He couldn't tell Ron and Hermione through letters. They couldn't listen to him through letters. And so I really think a lot of it goes, a lot of his anger issues go back to this summer. 
because everything is bottled up. And he's a teenager, and he's not surrounded by other people who would understand him or care to listen. So he, everything is bottled up, and the only way he knows how to get rid of it is Dudley, because he's angry with Dudley for years of mistreatment. And that circles back to Vernon and Petunia, who are directly the reason that Dudley has joined a gang. For the most part, I would say 90-something percent, people who join gangs don't have happy, healthy home lives. I think we forget that Dudley was also severely mistreated by his parents. We, by we, I don't mean you. I just mean in general, people. Like, Dudley did not join a gang because he feels loved by his mom and dad and they have a great relationship and everything's, like, excellent at home. He joined a gang because he's missing something. He's missing something from his parents. From his, you know, his parents baby him and spoil him and just blindly support anything he does and that has enabled him to feel like he can do anything with no consequences. Not only that, but they aren't necessarily good to him either. Sure, they blindly support him and all of these things and baby him and whatever, but that's also, like, that's not fulfilling in any way to a person. And so, you know, Vernon and Petunia have are directly the reason that Dudley has joined this gang, because he's missing something at home. He's missing a feeling of connection, and both he and Harry are feeling that right now. Harry can't connect with anyone because he feels like there are no wizards around or no one that would care to listen to him at all. Dudley has joined the gang seeking, you know, family, seeking that feeling of, like, connection, because he also can't get it from Harry. So this entire thing, it's like Dudley's issues, because he has them, absolutely. He joined a gang to feel connection. Harry, instead, is expressing anger instead of seeking people around him, because he really can't either. You know, he can't find people near him to talk through his issues. So he has chosen, or he, not that he's necessarily chosen, but I think that this is just where he's realizing that he can take out his anger on people like Dudley. And it's just like, I don't think Dudley is at his core a bad person. He's directly a result of his environment, which is his parents, who have mistreated Harry more than anyone, and then him. So I just think it's really interesting watching all of this unfold because their relationship has changed because they have both changed as people. This is where we see them kind of take the path of like, okay, how am I going to solve these issues that are going on inside of me? Harry is feeling angry because it's like, I don't think he's processing his sadness. He's sad. He's shocked. He's all, all a thousand different things. He's scared. And instead of... And- I also have to say yeah. that if if there's anything clear about this chapter and these two kids having a conversation, it's that they have a lot of toxic masculinity as well. So there is no way that they'd let their guard down, ever. God, no. Like, they only take out all of their feelings in anger. I think also, like I was saying... If Dumbledore had taken Harry from the Dursleys earlier in the summer, as early as possible after Harry having to go back to, what the hell is that called? The Trace, to like keep that intact or whatever. The spell that his mother, like, I don't even care. You guys know what I'm yeah. talking about. The protection that would last him until the day he turned 17. If Harry, if Dumbledore had taken Harry out of there as soon as possible, literally like a day or two after he got there, Harry probably wouldn't have as deep of like, 
issues with anger. He's feeling angry because he's been left there by himself. He's feeling angry because he didn't process being sad. He hasn't processed being scared. He hasn't processed grief. He hasn't, he hasn't done any of that. He's angry. All of those emotions are turning to anger, and the only thing he knows how to do is let it bottle up until it explodes, and the first person that he could reasonably let it out on was Dudley. He can't do anything to Vernon and Petunia. You know? Not really. Not at all. The only person around him that he can reasonably take his anger out on and really feel something, because, like, we all know what it's like to, to be angry and just how it sometimes when you're if you're that kind of person who has let your anger out on another person we're all guilty of it at some point and there's just some kind of feeling that you get that it's just like for a second it feels resolved because you've just let loose all of your anger on someone which is not healthy whatsoever but harry's looking for that feeling and the only person he can get that from is dudley so it's like it's so it's so interesting and i truly think that dumbledore is totally mostly at fault for some of harry's anger issues because they could have been resolved this summer skipping ahead a little bit (laughs) (laughs) cool um the dementors are attacking oh no um harry casts a patronus spell um that won't be important um Harry has no idea how the Dementors are here because, you know, they should be doing their jobs in Azkaban. Yeah. And Dudley gets knocked unconscious by the Dementors. And that makes it sound like they just punched him in the face. No, they like, (laughs) they sucked his life force. I don't, I don't know. They did something. Then Mrs. Fig, the true ex machina no one expected, shows up <laughs> and is like don't you put that wand away I'm gonna kill Monungus McFletcher and we're like McFletcher yep what, what? Mrs. Twist. Fig you mean that <laughs> cat lady that's so crazy I love her oh she's great chapter two a peck of owls peck sorry <laughs> I hit myself <laughs> so Mrs. Fig reveals that she is a squib who is a (laughs) non-magical person who was born into a magical family, which is crazy. (laughs) Oh my God. That's so wild. (laughs) Also, okay. Is her cat magical? Because she's always like, yeah, my cat told me this, or I stationed my cat under a car to watch you. I believe... J.K. Rowling has said that her cat is something. That one of those, you know the, how she said like Crookshanks is half this one creature. Measle. Right? (laughs) Yeah. And they're supposed to be like really good at finding things or something. Yeah. There's my Crookshanks. Sorry, I just said his name and he started purring really loud. Um, She says (laughs) that she was ordered by Dumbledore to watch over him. But Mundungus has left his post, so it, this is all his fault, apparently. But then he shows up. And... He does, yeah. Yep. <laughs> Sorry, I'm oh, reading. I can't... I'll, never... <laughs> I'll never understand Dumbledore. Like, 
being like, oh, Harry is the safest away from me, basically the only person who would, could reasonably protect him from Voldemort. But then he leaves him, like, leaves people like Mundungus Fletcher in charge, or Mrs. Fig, God love her, but, like, she can't do anything. She can't do magic. Yeah. And Mundungus Fletcher, everyone knows he's always running off to buy stolen things. What? It's so irresponsible. Like, it's so weird to me. Like, of course something like this is going to happen. Yeah. And Mrs. Fig goes buck wild and just starts beating the (laughs) shit out of Mundungus Fletcher. Um, With the bag of cat food. Yep. (laughs) And... Like, in the the wet food that's in, like, the cans, too. (laughs) that's gotta hurt, you know? But then Harry is instead angry because he's like, I can't believe Dumbledore had me followed and didn't tell me. Like, oh my (laughs) god, I don't need his help. I can fend for myself. What was Dumbledore supposed to say? He like, hey... I'm gonna have people tailing you all summer. Is that cool? Yeah, Harry would never agree to that. Like... Okay, also, Harry had to know that as irresponsible and ridiculous as I find Dumbledore to be this book, what he would never leave Harry without at least one other irresponsible person to watch over irresponsible. him. Irresponsible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dumbledore at least would find one other person who doesn't know what they're doing and put them in charge of him. True. I mean, he's... a he does that for all the teachers he hires, so... Yep. And he's like, will you keep an eye on Harry for me, even though you're an undercover Death Eater? Yeah. <laughs> like... <laughs> so, Harry and Dudley are back on Privet Drive, and Aunt Petunia and Uncle Vernon freak the hell out, and... Diddy, Diddy, what's the matter with you? <laughs> and they blame <laughs> Harry for what happened to Dudley. Um, they start screaming at each other, and then... What?! A peck of owls appears. A peck of owls? Uh, it's the name of the chapter. I know, it just sounds funny. <laughs> so, Harry gets a letter that says it is for the decree for the reasonable restriction of underage wizardry by casting the Patronus charm off school property and in front of a muggle. So, Harry's been expelled. Plot twist. Just plot twist after plot twist. I'm really on the oh, edge of my seat oh. right now. Sorry. Crookshanks just bit me. That was not very nice. Yeah. <laughs> so the ministry is coming soon <laughs> to destroy his wand. And so Harry's freaking out a little bit. Just a just little. Just a little. Um, but then another owl appears. And it's from Arthur. <laughs> this, this whole part is so funny to me. That... Everybody is immediately is like, like, I said email. Everybody's like, send a letter to Harry. Like, we need to get this to him as soon as possible. Okay, but like, I love this chapter. And can I just say, if they did like this scene in the movie and kept everything in, like this whole chapter, like especially when they're back in the house and like going back and forth in the owls, if they were to do this exactly as it's written, it would be the coolest thing to watch in, like, a movie. This literally would have been the coolest thing to see in the movie. This whole scene would just be so good. Like, all of the changes, you know? When Harry's like, okay, I'm leaving, you can't stop me. And then Arthur's letter gets there, and he goes, you know what, never mind, I'm staying. And then it's back and forth, and Vernon goes, get out. And Petunia goes, no, I can't. And then just all of that would, the back and forth would just be so cool. And I, I'm sorry, I know we should wait for the movie episode, but that's happening in, like, five to six years. So, like, (laughs) I think it was the worst decision ever 
for to make the longest Harry Potter book, the shortest Harry Potter movie. Who? It doesn't make any sense. You had the time. I don't know why. Just why even delete the scenes you've already filmed? Like I don't understand. This is, I think, okay, I'm saying this before I go back and analyze it, because I used to think that Goblet of Fire was, like, one of the better Harry Potter movies, but then I sat down and analyzed it and decided that I was wrong. I am saying now, before before having watched it critically, I think that Order of the Phoenix is one of the better Harry Absolutely. Potter movies. Yeah. I'm just saying that very carefully now, because if I come back, then I'm like, yeah, I was wrong. I'm <laughs> going to be, like, embarrassed. I mean, they so. left a lot of things out. But yeah. it was coherent, and I didn't think yes. it... I thought, like, I, I'm, I'm going to stop myself. I'm going to stop myself. <laughs> okay. I will, but I will say now, they could have left out Grop. I hate Grop. He did not need to be here. <laughs> it was just to fill J.K. Rowling's, like, page count she was going for or something. I don't know why she wanted the book to be this long. So, this note from Arthur... Basically is like, don't leave the house. Don't do anything. We're going to figure it out. And then Harry's like, ugh, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I don't need you. <laughs> um, then Harry gets another letter saying that, <laughs> um, this is so funny, immediately, the Ministry of Magic has decided that, has revised its decision to destroy your wand forthwith. You may retain your wand until your disciplinary hearing on the 12th of August. Okay, wait, but just before this, I can just imagine, like, visually, in a scene, the silence that would come after Petunia when, when Vernon goes, what are Dementors? And she goes, they guard the wizard prison. This, like, I can even feel it in the book. Like, that moment literally would have been the best part of the movie. Like. Yeah. And you know what? I'm just now realizing that I feel like Order of the Phoenix was the best book for the character's all of the characters' characterizations. Yes. Like, I already feel like from these chapters, I have a, so much of a bigger understanding just for the Dursleys. Oh my god, like, yeah. They, I have a different perspective on every single one of them. Yeah. I mean, Petunia especially. Yeah, like, this is the coolest chapter for her. Like, yeah. this is the greatest, like... Most insane. Everything in this book is changing. And I think that's so interesting. Like, yeah. the last book, Goblet of Fire, introduced new concepts. Even things as simple as, like, the fact that people we know are going to die in this series. It started with an acquaintance. Now we know that it's going to get closer and closer and closer to Harry. That was introduced. Voldemort is back. All of these things are happening. And at the end of Goblet of Fire, we're left with Harry saying, whatever happens, happens, and I'm just going to have to deal. But, like, that... That line just tells us, like, so many things are changing, and this is just the beginning. Like, this whole book feels like a constant, not like a jarring necessarily, like, oh my god, everything's, like, crazy and different. It's just such a subtle, like, things are twisting around, and it's just so cool. Like, I love this book. I love the way it's established, like, what's going to be happening. This is establishing what it's going to be like for basically the rest of the war. Like... Like I said at the beginning, like, the benefits of this book are also the downfalls of this book. Like, because it's so long, and J.K. Rowling did not have any editing on this, like, 
she had the opportunity to do whatever she wanted. And yeah. she spent all that time on this characterization. And it really panned out. Yeah. But what I was actually going to say is I feel like all of the Petunia stuff, I felt like it was set up to have a bigger payoff than it did. Yes. I think that there was some draft of Deathly Hollows or something that would have had a different outcome with Petunia. Mm-hmm. Because really, like we all in Deathly Hollows, we see is like she's about to say something and then she doesn't. Obviously, yeah. they changed that in the movie. Yeah. Um, I feel like there had to have been something like the Probably. way Dumbledore, like, sends the letter at the end of this. That's like, remember my last Petunia. Like, that felt like it was going to be some huge reveal. And obviously, we know what happened. Like, it's not some plot hole or something. Yeah. But I feel like. There was going to be something more to that. I think you're right, but I also think that decision the, that the decision not to do that was also really interesting because that kind of just goes to show that, like, things in Harry's life, while, yes, the war is over, most things have been resolved, there's always going to feel, like, for him especially, there's, like, a weird empty space where he kind of is cool with the Dursleys, but there's never going to be a connection there. I think the idea is that Obviously, like, Petunia as a character and a person has shifted quite a bit from the first book, but I also feel that it kind of makes sense, realistically, for there not to be a clear, like, resolve with the Dursleys. Nothing's gonna erase the things that they did to him as a child, even if she, as a person, has, like, kind of changed, which she has, especially, we see it here. We see it even more the next book and the next book, but, um... I think that decision was kind of interesting because most things in Harry's life, you know, Voldemort's gone. He doesn't have to deal with that. He do- There's so many things that are just kind of over. But I feel like throughout his life, especially with the Dursleys, there's always going to feel like there's holes, you know? And one of them is that he's probably never going to get that wonderful closure that he kind of wants from Petunia. But I feel like that is kind of like... That little moment they share is kind of enough to resolve the questions and the anger and the resentment because that was just a really quick but telling moment between two adults who are, you know, parting ways. And so I wish, you know, in a way, just out of curiosity, that we could have seen that and, like, really had that resolved. But at the same time, I think that decision was kind of smart because it kind of shows that, like, while things are done and over with and he can live peacefully now, nothing's ever really going to be fully resolved. Vernon incorrectly refers to Dementors as dismembers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that is when Petunia comes in and reveals that she knows some things or two about the wizarding world that we didn't know before. Yeah. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. Really, really fast. <laughs> she go. okay, no. Vern, everyone goes, what? Like, how'd you know that? And she goes, I heard that awful boy telling her about them years ago. But she wouldn't have known James until after Hogwarts. It's Snape. That's what I'm saying. That's what I was going to ask. Because, like, she wouldn't have known James until well after Lily would have obviously known about them. It is absolutely meant to make us think that it's James, but it's actually Snape. I was reading this and I was like, that has to be Snape because there's absolutely no way that someone like Lily Potter wouldn't know what Dementors were after seven years at Hogwarts, you know? And that's another point I have to say about this book. I think that this book, as much as I said that the last book made it feel like it was a series, I 
feel like from this point onward, J.K. Rowling has this series planned. Yeah. Like, she knows how things are going to turn out in the end. Yeah. I just, I read that and I was like, that's gotta be Snape. Because, like, I was like, I I thought about it and I was like, okay. There's no way. Because she wouldn't have known James, obviously, before he and Lily were, like, a thing. And that didn't happen until after, well, it happened during their seventh year, but Petunia wouldn't have met him probably until they were, like, engaged or married, you know? So, I was reading that, and I was like, that's gotta be Snape. Like, it has to be. And I think that's, like, that's so interesting. Because Harry, of course, assumed it was his parents. But, like, that's so, that's such, like, a... It's one of those little additions, but this one feels so much bigger than, like, little hints we got about what was happening during the last book. Like, this isn't necessarily, like... The little hints like that, the cool, like, foreshadowing that we were getting in the last book was directly related, basically, to an event that was going to be resolved in that book. This doesn't get revealed until two books later. So she's starting to add in little plot points that we're supposed to kind of catch on to, but that aren't going to get resolved until the very, very end, and I think that's really cool. Yeah. So, Petunia gets the Howler. Remember my last Petunia? Don't really know how Harry doesn't recognize Dumbledore's voice, but that's fine. He hasn't really heard him, like, yell like that. Yes, he has in the has last he? book. Oh, yeah, you're right. Never mind. So, Petunia is, instantly after that, is like, he's staying here. Because, I didn't say before, but Vernon wants to kick him out. And that's the end of the chapter. Okay, I think another thing about this chapter that's so interesting... It's like, their worlds are colliding. And there are so many surprises. Like, Petunia has always been the mind behind Vernon's hate for Harry. But, like, here's the first time we really see her take initiative in front of us. I think it's clear that all of these years that they've been terrible to Harry, she's been the mind behind it, feeding Vernon lies about the wizarding world, and he's the one that acts on it more. She's not nice to him, but Vernon is the face of the hate the punishing and all of this stuff. I think Petunia is the one, obviously, that fed him lies about wizards and conditioned Vernon to basically be afraid of Harry, so afraid that he was just horrible to him. But, like, this is the first time that we really see her take initiative over Vernon and overrule what he says. Because before this, she has kind of been, like, you know, you know, I don't care what he does to Harry as long as it's being rude to him. (laughs) You know, she lets Vernon do what he wants because he's always acting against Harry, and she's fine with that. Um, But it's like, it's right now, it's like we're watching their lives merge, because before this, Harry's life has been very, very separate from theirs. He does his stuff, they do their stuff, nothing that he does really affects them in any way. But now, now that Voldemort is back, everything about their lives is starting to come together, because because of this Dementor attack, his life is starting to affect them. And I think that this is starting to remind Petunia of what happened the first time around. And so it's really interesting to watch her finally overrule Vernon, especially when it's kind of in Harry's favor. So I think this is a really interesting turning point, especially because it's like, this is the first time they've really had to sit down and realize that his actions and his life is going to start affecting them, probably in a negative way. Yeah. 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 Chapter 3, The Advance Guard. 
So Harry sends three different letters to Sirius, Ron, and Hermione saying that he's been attacked by a Dementors and he might be getting expelled and he doesn't know what's going on and he wants all of the information. So Harry spends... Ooh, that was rough. Harry spends four nights at the Dursleys just in a depressed state, just being like, what is going to happen? Am, are they, am I going to get expelled? Are they going to stop my wand? Um, and then the Dursleys have to leave for some yard maintenance competition, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> yep. Um, and then he hears a loud crash downstairs. And he obviously thinks it's, like, burglars or intruders. <laughs> Um, but no, the, it's just wizards making the most dramatic entrance possible. Yep. So he sneaks downstairs with his wand and finds nine people. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Remus Lupin, Moody, Daedalus Diggle, Nymphador Tonks, Kingsley Shacklebolt, Elpheus Doge, Emmeline Vance, Sturgis Podmore, and Hestia Jones. Hope their names were not part of your trivia questions because I all just said them out loud. I'm so glad you said them because I was hoping that they weren't going to be a part of your trivia questions. Yeah. <laughs> so-, <laughs> um, so they all escort Harry out. Um, Tonks helps Harry pack up his things. Um, to- Harry is totally crushing on Tonks. Um, and who wouldn't because she's so cool. Um, she introduces that she is a metamorph magus. Metamorph magus? Is that how you say it? I, that's how I've always said it. I would, I always used to say metamorph magus. Magus, it probably is magus, but. I don't know. Maybe we could look it up or we could just continue saying it wrong and have people yell at us, which I prefer. Yep. (laughs) Um, so she can basically change her appearance at will. Fun. Which is such a cool power. I literally um, would kill for that power. Like, yeah, um, she is a newer Auror, um, and her boss is Kingsley, who we haven't met yet, have we? No, we haven't. Okay. So Moody is the leader of this group, and he is basically the same character we saw in Goblet of Fire, but this time he's real. Um, so. They all travel in brooms, and they cast invisibility spells with these weird, I don't know what they're called. Hope it's not part of your trivia questions. Um, It feels like an egg cracking over your head, and it slowly turns you invisible. It's not the same as the invisibility cloak and not as effective, which also feels like something J.K. Rowling has planned. Did you what? read the name of the spell, or was I? did I not hear that? I did not. Is that what you were saying, that you didn't know yeah. what it was? Yeah, yeah, it's a disillusionment charm. Disillusionment charm. Disillusionment <laughs> So, they all fly to London. They, <laughs> they land on a street. <laughs> they all fly to London. <laughs> so, they land in a street, um... And he goes up to the door, and it says, The headquarters of the Order of the Phoenix may be found at number 12, Grimald Place, London. Wow! What? What? 
And that's the end of the chapter. Hooray! And that's all of the chapters we'll be covering today. Time for trivia! change my first question because you said it and I don't want to I also didn't necessarily pick five set questions I kind of just wrote trivia next to things that I thought would be good cool okay yeah should I go first yes um in chapter one Harry is watching listening to the tv from outside under the window and he says he listens to a jingle about what brand of breakfast cereal Fruit and Bran. Was that one of your questions, too? Yes, it was. <laughs> yep. Okay, cool. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. Phil, it's also on the TV. I have a feeling we're going to have a lot of those. Okay. I won't I won't look at my book, because I don't cheat, so. Oh, you don't? <laughs> I don't. You're, were you trying to, like, shade me or something? I don't cheat. <laughs> no, I don't cheat. I, <laughs> I don't cheat. Not like you. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Fill in the blank. Record numbers of blank blank fill airports as the blank 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 reaches its blank blank. Ugh. Many opportunities there. Okay. After the reaches its, is it highest something? No. Most? Nope. Okay, I'm gonna stop guessing for that part. Um, will you That was two guesses, so. For that one word, yeah, so I'm not gonna so you, guess anymore. You didn't, you don't have a point. So huh? you can just, you don't have a point, so it can't be removed. Uh, well, I get, okay, yeah, no, I'm so confused. Anyways, um, yeah, no, I, I, I know it's like some sort of strike, right? You know what? It's Order of the Phoenix. How about we restate the trivia rules for us? Yes, yes, let's do that right now. <laughs> I actually do have a point, so I should probably take that away from myself, because that's my bad. Um, okay, trivia rules. <laughs> Number one, fractions of points are always allowed. We don't really use those anymore, but it's fine. Um, yep. You get a second guess for every number of parts a question has, unless the question only has two options for an answer. So however many blanks are in that question times two is how many guesses total I have, technically. But it's yes. two per question. Anyways, whoever wins trivia decides the, que decides the question of the day for the following episode. You cannot ask the other person to recite more than a sentence as a question. So you can't say, like, recite this entire paragraph or tell me, yep. yeah. Uh, no asking for random words in the middle of sentences, but it is acceptable to ask what the final word in a chapter or book is. Um, you must include the full instructions for the problem before the other's first guess. Every missed question results in the deduction of one point. Every part for a multiple part question is worth one point. Awesome. Yay. Taking that. Now try again. Any more guesses? Do you want me to repeat that? We yeah. Record numbers record numbers of blank blank fill airports as the blank 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 reaches its blank blank. I do remember what Vernon says directly after this because I thought it was hilarious. He goes, give them a lifelong siesta if I could. <laughs> so I'm assuming it has something to do with people that speak Spanish. Um, I'm just going to say one of the blanks is like something something strike. Yes. Um, uh, is one of them like... Spanish. <laughs> yes. Yay! I that concludes my guessing for today. <laughs> okay. Record numbers of wait, wait, stranded. Wait. 
I literally, you can't guess that no, one. That's no, not that one. For. I was going to yeah. guess one later. Is it, wait, I'm sorry. Read the whole thing again, including the one that you just told me and the ones that I've guessed. Record, record numbers of stranded blank fill airports as the Spanish blank 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 reaches its blank blank. Wait, what is the other one? Okay. <laughs> as the Spanish blank blank strike reaches its blank blank. Is the Spanish blank blank strike, is that baggage handlers? Yes. I just, that just occurred to me when you started reading it. And I was like, wait. <laughs> okay. Can I read it now? Yes. Yes. Okay. I'm not guessing anymore. <laughs> Record numbers of stranded holidaymakers fill airports as the Spanish baggage, ha- baggage handlers strike reaches its second week. That's, that's more Spanish people in Harry Potter. Yeah. Yay. These are specifically Spanish baggage handlers. So there's two Brazilian characters and an unknown number of Spanish people maybe sort of existing. Yay! Spanish baggage handlers! (laughs) And then Vernon goes, I'd give them a lifelong siesta. Yeah. I was, I almost wondered, I was like, I almost wrote that down, but then I was like, I'm sure she's going to mention it. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Let's see. Ugh, okay. I'm not going to ask you for the color of the sky. I would, but I'm not going to. Um, okay. Okay, fill in the blanks. Lovely evening, shouted Uncle Vernon, waving at Mrs. Blank Blank, who was glaring oh. from behind her neck curtains. <laughs> parcel tongue. <laughs> Angry I give up. parcel tongue. <laughs> I'm not doing this. No. No. What was that? Even- Mrs. Doubtfire? No. <laughs> no. I didn't think so. She's British, isn't she? Yes. I haven't seen the movie, actually. Oh! Well, <laughs> I guess it's not as politically correct anymore. Probably not. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you give up? Yes, I do. Okay. <laughs> Lovely evening, shouted Uncle Vernon, waving at Mrs. Number 7, who was glaring from behind her net curtains. Net curtains? Yeah. Number 7? Oh, yeah. I thought that was her name that we were guessing here. Oh, no. My bad. <laughs> okay, oh, yeah. this is still on the news channel, because I wanted to make you miserable. Who went to find out more about how Bungie the Budgie went from Barnsley learned to ski? Ah, shoot. I did remember reading this. Oh, God. Isn't her last name something stupid like McDonald? I don't know. That's that's going to be my guess, and I'm not guessing anymore. I know it's wrong. It's not right. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's Mary Dorkins. Oh, I almost guessed Mary. I'm so, so <laughs> Mary bad. McDonald. I don't I know. Like I feel that. like ugh, they mentioned... I feel like I read that somewhere. Um, okay, let's find my other trivia questions. Okay. Uh, fill in the blanks. Harry stepped into the shadow of a large blank tree and waited. Like, the type of tree? Why has this happened so many times? (laughs) I only have one guess, basically, so I'm gonna say oak. I knew that was gonna be your guess. That would be wrong, yeah. I say oak first every time. Yep, yep. Because it, it's the first wood you get in Minecraft. <laughs> okay, that would be wrong. Would you like me to tell you? Yeah. Lilac. I wasn't even aware that was a tree. So. <laughs> it's okay. 
Um, on what grounds has Harry been expelled from Hogwarts according to the letter he gets? It's like the reasonable restriction for underage sorcery or something like that. It's what charges he got, basically. Ugh, okay, um, t- using magic in the presence of a muggle? No. Okay. It's improper use of magic. Oh, interesting. Okay. Um, how many questions have I asked? That's probably something I should have kept track of. Oh, I'm gonna, like, kind of, like, tell myself what questions I actually asked so that I don't get confused when I do go and write my notes. Um, wait, wait. Really fast. Sorry, guys. I'm a, I'm a mess right now. I have finals. And they're terrible. Um, I did ask that. I asked that one. I... Oh, I asked that one. Oh, yeah, fruit and bran. Okay. Fruit and bran. So I've asked three questions. Okay, yeah, we're good. Um, No, four. You know what? I'm going to stop counting. No, I kind of need to know how many more I need. One. Two. Three. Yeah, it is three. Okay. Okay. Well... Hold on, okay? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Well! <laughs> oh, nope, nope, it is four. <laughs> so I only need one more. Okay, um... Oh, no, I know I wrote more. I think they're all in chapter three. Let me just skip ahead. Um, when Harry and Tonks are packing his things, it says, uh, Harry, said Harry looking up at her over the top of, and then what book? One, two... Oh. Three, four, five, six. It's six words. The book title. Well, I'm gonna guess. Two of them are articles about makes you feel better. What? I'm gonna guess it says book in it. No. I actually don't know why I said that. Those two words are not articles. You know what? I'm just gonna stop talking. Go ahead. <laughs> Who's reading this? Harry. Hmm. He's packing it in his school trunk. I'm gonna say broom care. Good guess, but no. Okay. I'm just guessing keywords here. <laughs> um, spell. That That is incorrect. So I, did I just lose a point? Yep. Or, okay. Awesome. <laughs> It is uh, Quidditch teams of Britain and Ireland. Awesome. Awesome. Let me just make sure. I should have. How did I not say Quidditch? Two. I'm just going to make sure that I actually asked five questions. One, two. Three. Four. Five. Yep. Asked five questions. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. What broom does Tonks ride? A Comet 260. I hate you! <laughs> Why did you know that? Because I just, I read it and I was like, I have to remember this. And then I did. <sighs> I always ask that kind of thing. And I never know, so I read it and I was like, I'm going to remember this. <laughs> okay. Well, give us, give us the rundown. 
That's oh, okay. What they call um, it I, in the I won today, five to zero. So I will be doing. Oh. <laughs> I will be doing the question of the day next week. Um, Less for me. Less work for me. So. I will also be taking plot notes next week. So. Yeah. Hey. Woo. <laughs> okay. Well. Thank you guys for tuning into this episode of Ron and Hermione Minus the Romance, and be sure to follow us on Instagram at Ron and Hermione Minus the Romance, and shoot us an email at vulcanobbones at gmail, and please go rate our podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We appreciate you all very much, and be sure to tune in next week where we will be covering episodes four and five, I believe. I don't think it's a three-chapter episode. Let me. I just... believe you say chapters four and five. Did I not say chapters? Because I meant you to. You said episodes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Cha- <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> chapters four and five of Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. I almost said Prisoner of Azkaban just now. <laughs> I also want to sneak a message. I also want to sneak this in here. That the reason, only reason we are doing three chapter episodes thus forward is to make room for more one chapter episodes. So look forward to that. Yes. Thank you guys for coming back for the first episode of Order of the Phoenix, and we will see you next week. Awesome!